0: everybody welcome back to the wages of cinema yeah you can almost hear the visual effects uh i am jack (laughs) recorded
1: in thx yes i'm andrew
0: it's like it's like poetry it it rhymes (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so um we're gonna have a pretty good show for you today i think and uh we have actually a very uh, interesting main topic which uh, you know we're gonna be celebrating something tonight oh yeah and something involving us but before we get to that uh, once again you know we have to kind of bow at the whims of Hollywood because they they just can't seem to stop bringing stuff to us that we've seen before and yet here it is again and this time we have new visual effects and we have some new actors and uh thanks a lot hollywood and thanks things, for
1: making movies for us
0: yeah thanks for trying to entertain us but um but no you know once again i think before on the podcast we talked about uh batman versus superman yeah uh, dawn of justice and they put out a new trailer which um at fr- you know i i'd actually heard about the trailer before i watched it and then checking it out it was like
1: does it seem weird to you that we no- have we have previews for trailers now
0: Oh, yeah, no, the, yeah, they have teasers for the trailers, and, yeah, they did it for Ant-Man. Yeah, I mean,
1: I get teaser trailers, like, short trailers, but teasers for trailers seems like, yeah. uh... Why don't you
0: just put out the trailer?
1: It's like, you ordered some appetizers, here's one bit of the appetizer, so you'll know what it's going to be like. Yeah, exactly. Um... Actually, that's not a terrible idea. At teasers for uh, the
0: appetizers?
1: I'll work on this on my mind, let's yeah. talk about the movies. Yeah,
0: um... So, watching the tra- that new trailer, um, and I think I do kind of agree with this complaint. Did they sh- they showed too much, didn't they?
1: I don't think they showed too much. Really, because you I don't feel like
0: so? you don't think that they kind of laid out for you what's going to happen ultimately between Batman and Superman and.
1: Let's just uh, say it, Wonder Woman. Well, yeah, well, when you put it that way, yeah, I guess they have laid out too much. You have it, that it moment really...
0: where it's like, under, all of a sudden, Wonder Woman shows up, and he's like, is she with you? I thought she was with you. Dun, dun, dun. It's like, how many times have we seen that in movies?
1: That, that's that got to be some
0: really lazy writing right
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like... Uh, I, but oh, God. I, I'm not so much worried about like revealing too much about the plot, because what they revealed about the plot... Seems really terrible. (laughs) I think, you know, Uh, it's like you've shown us too much of this terrible thing. Yeah,
0: I mean, and also, is it now, is it doomsday or is it like a mutated, resurrected? It's supposed uh, to be Zod.
1: Everybody's saying it's supposed to be doomsday. But then, but they but show like, in
0: the trailer. It's like Lex, not Lex Luthor. Is it son of Lex Luthor that he's playing? I
1: think that's Lex Luthor. Yeah,
0: and uh, which is not
1: too bad. I, I I'm glad to see what's his name, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. That's I'm th- actually
0: excited for him. He yeah. actually looks like he's having fun with he, the role. He
1: is doing something different with that character. He's
0: he's he's taking what the sort of exuberantly villainous mannerisms of Lex Luthor, but he's giving it like. A nerdy kind of light
1: which i almost like
0: well but is he lex luther though i thought he might be playing lex
1: Luthor jr or something well what what difference does it make no nah, i guess you're right, um, right but, but the real problem here yeah. uh, from what i could see in the trailer and i i know it's just a trailer right. you can't judge a movie based on those things but it seems like this film is just going to be a mess. <laughs> that there's so much crap stuffed into here. I mean, you've let's... got Jeremy Irons as, as Alfred, and you He's got so... Ben Affleck, who, who who seems like an okay Batman, but they're cramming in so much stuff. And then about, like so everyone's lie. worried about Superman and aliens, and then like oh, fighting and Lex Luthor, and they're gonna cram so much stuff in this.
0: Well, remember, so that...
1: unless this movie is like six hours long, like mm. Fanny and Alexander. <laughs> then was <laughs> well, the, a don't, comparison point like then this is going to be me. one of the most awkward films in recent history well
0: the visual effects like even that from the trailer maybe they're still working on it but doomsday looked like crap
1: eh, i i'm not so he much worried like about a, that
0: you know, you don't, you're not on social media but the but the constant meme that people kept comparing it to was that he looked not like a ninja far, turtle yeah not too like the Michael Bay ninja turtle and they're not that far off he like no I mean, again, I'm not an aficionado with Superman. I don't know if that's as close to Doomsday as it is, but I don't I, know.
1: I'm also not a Superman. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a comic person. I love comic book movies, and yeah. I, well, let's and, comp-
0: let's compare this though for a second. To, I mean, you've now seen, I'm sure, the Captain America Civil War trailer. Yeah, and I think that's a much better, you know, even just as a trailer, that's the better example of what that
1: movie's going to be. For what they showed us well it certainly doesn't lay out the plot no it it, does it lays out the premise there's a lot of stuff in there so it could suffer from some of that overcrowding i was talking about uh but again you know marvel just has a better record than dc i yeah i we don't have to go that far back think about green lantern and how much of a disappointment that was oh man well we
0: yeah i remember we saw that together yeah too. and
1: and suit and you know man of steel was not that great i saw that yeah and i really was not impressed <sighs> it, it had I, problems and, and you know the the dark knight trilogy is is pretty good but i mean it has its flaws yeah i mean Marvel's just been consistent, so I think we're looking at it that way. Yeah. DC has yet to really hit its stride, and this doesn't yeah. look like they're well, gonna hit it anytime soon. Well, it's soon. because they're you know
0: they're trying to compare with Marvel, and it's almost like their studio heads said, "Oh, we we have to do it this way. We have to try to match up with Mar- what Marvel's doing because they're making billions all over the world, and so instead of trying to build up their characters." They had one Superman movie, and now we're going to just show you all the characters. We're going to give you Batman. We're going to give you Wonder Woman. We may even
1: include... They're going to have a Flash cameo. (laughs) Uh, But but DC is is playing catch-up, and they're really rushing.
0: But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys want to check out the trailer, I'm sure it's easy enough to find yourself. uh, And you can see you know, all the Zack Snyder CGI glory that is, I guess, that movie. Um, but we also watched uh, a trailer just today, which just came out. Um, I didn't watch it until, you reminded me that it was up, uh, in the new Independence Day movie.
1: Now, this is the crazy thing. I had no idea there was going to be an Independence Day, a second Independence Day. I, I knew until, there was. I, I didn't know was. I didn't until I didn't know the this title. afternoon. Yeah, I didn't even and, know what
0: it was called until just now.
1: And the moment I saw that, I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Another Independence Day? And I thought, yeah. all right, let's let's have a good time. Let's watch this trailer. Yeah, and I'm actually impressed. It it looks like an Independence Day movie. Yeah, but I the guess. thing is, I feel like they've they're promising something because you know it's after the first movie. Nope, not a prequel. And I'm like, and as soon as I start this show, it's like, well, it's going to be pretty lame if they've, if they've had all this time and they haven't kind of, like, used alien technology or done anything with that. And then they're like, we use their technology to build our stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're doing that. You anticipated my wishes. Thank you. But movie. The, 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 the
0: one danger and pitfall, though, is that, you know, what, what else can you do, though, with that universe and that story Then the aliens come back and attack Earth again? Yeah. You know, there isn't that much suspense in that sense. Like, the, the what made Independence Day entertaining was that you had the star presence of Will Smith. And, mm-hmm. like, in like what a lot, you know, it was, even though he had been in some big movies and he had the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, this blew him up all over the world. This made him a household name. I I wonder if, the, you know, because you have to have good characters. And we'll, I, I may even bring this up again when we get to... Uh, Uh, Another topic in this discussion But um, I don't know if you have that In this movie I mean you have Jeff Goldblum and i love jeff goldblum All right. I'm glad he's back yeah um yeah,
1: bill pullman's I, back for some reason <laughs> well apparently you can be president forever in this No, in, i don't universe. think he's
0: president he's like a haunted ex-president it's like uh, the ghost of nixon rattling around uh, the <laughs> hallways of the white house we have to stop the aliens there's gotta be like a, there. there's
1: gotta be a list of like the best fictional presidents from movies somewhere I Bill yeah. Pullman would make that list. Oh, well, just for that speech he
0: gave in the first movie.
1: Here's a that's a that's a great speech. I love that speech. I actually like Independence Day. I I like for that for what it is. It's not. It's all right. Yeah, it has. A, it has I a, mean, it's not like it's like you you know Transformers is our favorite whipping boy, and that's never going to stop. Independence Day but is like, a good example of
0: how to do, if 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 a Transformers movie was actually done like an Independence Day. Then it would be okay. I could tolerate this. Right,
1: and the thing is, like with Transformers, whenever I watch a Transformers movie, as soon as I'm done yelling at it, (laughs) you you feel exhausted. You you watch it and you can like see (laughs) and you can see like the dollar sign sticking off, (laughs) like being generated by you know all the CGI and everything. And you know it's 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 so transparently. Like a moneymaker. And I, okay, that's what films are. I don't mean, I don't want to be a jerk. Well, well, that's what, you know. But an (laughs) Independence Day, it was a blockbuster, but I felt like script had some heart. It it was,
0: you know what it was, too, that made it different? Like, you know, Michael Bay, he's the prototypical American douchebag. He's the guy who was, (laughs) you could tell he's just been a jock and bully his whole life. Roland Emmerich is a german man who you know a got germ-man. a big he he's a germ man yeah <laughs> so i should do that in shatner voice. no <laughs> he's, a, he's a germ man um and he you know loves movies like star wars and he decided all right i want to do my big huge dumb summer blockbuster and he did and um and granted hasn't, since hasn't then, really
1: done much great since then but
0: okay. well Twenty twelve was pretty damn entertaining. <laughs> not not exactly for all the right reasons, but that's I remember like Matt Rosen, our friend, he he got obsessed with that just that shot in the trailer where John Cusack is in the plane and they're trying to fly away from the crumbling Los Angeles. Yeah. And I thought, actually, you know what? That's a kind of brilliant sequence. That's, <laughs> that's, it's so bad and so dumb, but I love it.
1: I mean, but if you could watch the, if you watch the, the speech from Bill Pullman's speech from independence oh, day yeah, and it's... you don't, and you don't feel like, you know, if if you don't feel excited, then you have no soul. <laughs> I mean, a- after li- after listening to Bill Pullman, I mean, after of all people, Bill Pullman g- giving this speech, you feel like you could punch an alien yourself. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Earth. <laughs> and even that even, that is stupid. Oh yeah, but oh, you believe it. You know what it
0: is? It's like here are human characters who are allowed to be human characters, even if they're dumb. When you watch the Transformers movies, they're not human characters; they're no. types. Hmm. they're like they're basically meant to be eye candy and a lot of them are eyesores yeah all right um so but if you want to check out that trailer you should as well um i neglected to mention we actually have kind of a studio audience today uh right. our, our i have a friend uh george Irvin who's here uh today kind of doing sort of a sound test hello george Woo. yeah <laughs> we, we put up our applause sign applause all right um and, Thanks for um, joining us, George. Yeah, and thank you for joining us. If uh, I mean, we don't usually have a lot. We don't. I don't usually announce for studio audiences to because come and watch our shows. We don't have them. No, that's true. <laughs> but but if you want to listen to us, uh, hopefully you're listening to us now on SoundCloud. But you can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, please subscribe if you can, and give us a rating and a review. Uh, tell us what you think. And we're also on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash wages of cinema podcast, and uh, also Twitter handle at wages of cinema. Um, and we're still on Stitcher, right? We're on Stitcher as well. We're we have uh, if you happen to have the Stitcher app, we have we're part of the podcast network there. And uh, also, if you want to shoot us a, a question or a comment, uh, you can send us one at uh, w- wages at gmail.com. And, uh, that's usually a good way to, reach us and tell us what you think. Um, but now we're gonna get into, uh, our first big segment, uh, the two-minute movie mile. Yeah. And, uh, boy, oh boy, this week, uh, I have seen a lot of movies, uh, in part because we actually kind of skipped a week, um, but, uh, we'll play catch Well, that's catch another, up. that's we'll, 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 we'll catch up soon. We like to try to keep you, uh, fine listeners, uh, entertained as much as we can, um, so uh but we will talk about a lot of movies me
1: uh, more than andrew but but that's par for the course yeah i'm sure andrew has you get to go first okay and uh whenever you're ready set go creed uh the new uh movie oh the new rocky movie
0: you you didn't know what it was for a second no i I, did uh, you
1: think it was about the band that did flash through my mind, but I knew that wasn't it. <laughs> That's some... what a lot of people thought of when they first saw that. They're like, why are they doing the band about Oh, oh about the Scott new Creed Step? biopic.
0: Um, but no, this could be technically counted as the seventh Rocky movie, because it's all about um, uh, Apollo Creed's son. Right, uh,
1: and Rocky is mentoring him, right?
0: Yeah, well, he comes to Philadelphia. He was, uh, you know, he he wasn't, re- like Apollo Creed had kind of a bastard child and then got killed in Rocky IV. Uh, so Adonis Creed kind of didn't really have a father. Um, of all things, they show that, uh, like, Apollo Creed's uh, widow does, p- picks him up in foster care and decides to raise him as her own. Why she does that, I don't know. But he does. Maybe
1: because she's a nice person.
0: Yeah. Um but the thing about this movie it is one of the best Rocky movies for sure. It might be actually right behind the original Rocky That's, even
1: though that surprises me so
0: much. Oh I know. Because... It surprised me too. This movie got great reviews and it deserves them. Like it's Stallone's best performance of his career. Wow. By far. He well it's almost because, it almost helps that because he's older because he has all that age that he he has a scene where he delivers this monologue uh, and your heart just breaks watching it. And the fight scenes in here are actually kind of more brutal, but almost more realistic than the Rocky movies. Um, i prefer. You you like the
1: Rocky movies. Yeah, I like them.
0: Okay. Um, so this one, yeah, again, it has a lot of the heart of the original movie. It goes back to that and a little bit of Rocky six. Um, there are a couple of parts in the script I found a little weak, but the direction is absolutely incredible. And yeah, see it for Stallone and Michael B. Jordan because this will Time. this will be talked about for a while. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep it rocking and rolling. Go.
1: All right.
0: Uh, oh,
1: sorry. You told me to go right uh,
0: here. I'll, I'll restart it. Let's let, <laughs> let me let me be fair here. We sorry, we, we don't you? like to do part
1: listeners here like that. Okay. Because you were like, <sighs> all right, ready. <laughs> all right, ready. Go. All right, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Okay. So, any nothing new, of course, but you know this is a movie I I keep coming back to. Uh, We talked about it on our spies podcast, yes. And I think this helped me figure out really what what the key to a really good action film is. You need a really creative, super villainous plan. Yes, and the plan in that's why I say the villainous plan in Captain America: Winter Soldier is. It's ingenious. It keeps you completely
0: on the edge of your seat because you don't know who is, you know, who is going to go after Steve Rogers. You know, it could be anybody. The level of paranoia
1: is like up to the ceiling. Yeah, but then once they figure out what this is all about and what they're building to, that is great. Yeah, that's great too. I love that plan. Yeah. And, and it got me thinking about a lot of other films like Goldfinger. That's actually a really creative, villainous plan. And, you know, there are lots of other things in it. You know, and, like, and, you know, so many Marvel movies, they talk about, you know, how weak the villains are. Like, Robert
0: Redford wasn't
1: bad here. No, but, like, uh, when, uh, he wasn't bad. He had a purpose. Would you and, say, you know, yeah, ca- I guess you would say he's the main villain, right? Or is he yeah. almost Hydra as If there's a any one person you could point to as the villain, it's, it's Robert Redford's character.
0: And then you have, um, Who's the the German guy? Uh Zoller. Yeah, Zoller's almost like the Zola. emperor in Star Wars or something.
1: <laughs> He's the one controlling everything and being on like that TV going <laughs> Yeah. Um but yeah. I, I'm just really glad I saw this again. I mean, I means watch it again for months. That and scene finally in, I had some free time. That scene in the elevator where he yeah, just yeah. says
0: like, "All right, everybody wants wants to get off, you know, get off now." <laughs> and everybody's
1: just there um a sequel better than the original it's uh uh-huh. i guess since we counted it it's one of the best spy movies in a long time so yeah there we go time all right okay. i'm still not sure it's a spy movie but I'll... no
0: it's a spy movie Ugh, it's just goddamn it's a spy yeah, movie right, george do right. you think it's a spy movie
1: it's a Spy movie. there <laughs> see the studio audience agrees all this. right you broke the tie all right <laughs> all right your turn ready set go um the good dinosaur Okay. latest from Pixar. Kind um, of a lackluster performance,
0: I heard. At the box office, yeah. And I can see why. Because the movie doesn't... This is the first time that I've seen a Pixar movie in a, in, in a long time. Even more so than Cars 2, which I liked less than this. But something about The Good Dinosaur, it just left me like, okay, this is good. But that was pretty much it. I didn't... You know, seeing Inside Out, and I actually watched that again this week, but I'm not going to talk about that. I just, right. uh, but that left me feeling so high in the clouds. I felt like I had had a fully rich Pixar going experience. Seeing Inside Out, The Good Dinosaur is more like, okay, well, all right, that's about this little dinosaur, and he's a, you know, kind of a wimp, and you know, he has to go and try to you know get back home after getting lost downriver, and his whole family thinks he's a wimp and there are other things that happen the plot i don't want to go into but he basically gets paired with like a little runt human it's weird because the thing that sucks about this movie is that they kind of fail at setting up sort of the premise which i had to read about later which is that the it's like the asteroid that would have destroyed the dinosaurs doesn't and you see and I guess you see that in the opening minutes, but it seemed unclear to me. it's just like, oh okay, an asteroid oh they're watching it pass over. but it's not clear that's the asteroid that knocks out the dinosaurs yeah um, And then it cuts ahead to millions of years later a telecard pops up and now the dinosaurs are farmers. They're farming for corn. That's part of the plot of this movie. Again, for kids it's fine. if you're a real little kid, this is okay. It's like it's like a good land before time movie. And it has a lot of weird parts to it. There are a couple of scenes I wish I could go in more detail. Oh, the best part of the movie: Sam Elliott is a Tyrannosaurus Rex, Ooh. and he's awesome. But aside from Pixar, it's all right. Time. Yeah. <sighs> it seems to me if like DreamWorks had put this out, well, if DreamWorks put it out, it would seem par for the course. But Pixar, you know what it is? It's like we expect more from Pixar. They're like the we K- certainly do. They're the Kubrick of animation. It, i know that's a weird
1: comparison but that's you know we, we... i hope that pixar listens to this podcast <laughs> and they make a stanley they put, kubrick movie. they put that on the wall <laughs> in their office we are the kubrick of animation because they i they have such high egos there all right all my right. turn
0: all right let me just get this set up
1: and you're gonna be glad to hear this next one
0: um okay let me just uh oh, oh, why am i stopwatch doing that i don't want to do a lap reset get okay, it together go. jack
1: uh skyfall Oh, good. Had you seen this before? No. We All talked right. about this in our spy episode. My best friend came back, we hung out together, yeah. and we watched Skyfall together. Right. And I think I figured out what Daniel Craig's legacy as James Bond is going to be. Okay. Skyfall is probably going to be remembered as his best. Yeah. Because I think the Daniel Craig movies have given us a much closer, more intimate view of the character of James Bond. Right. I mean, this is, this is the only... Uh, this is really the only James Bond film where we've got where we've seen where we've delved into 007's past. Where we get at least some good we, knowledge about it yeah we get we get some some solid knowledge about what what uh, about his childhood and his family and you know and where he comes from i mean beyond that the specifics are are, yeah. are, are you know it's vague but still it's a lot better than we've gotten in other films yeah well, and even in casino royale there was it was it was a story of how james bond became a double agent and you know his and you know just trying to you know feel his way through this entire thing and I don't think any James Bond film has done that, has even attempted well, that
0: I, I, I before seen, Daniel I Craig. Seen, well, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I feel like On Her Majesty's Secret Service kind of tried to do that. Um, like, yeah, I can't. I, I, have I to but that it. but
1: that one went by the wayside, and they brought back John Sean Connery.
0: Well, what's good about in this movie is that um, they they don't cram that down your throat though. It's something no. that they leave more for like the third act. They actually go through the whole story, and you're still watching James Bond beating up people and romancing women right but then and
1: of course javier bardem i mean good performance his plan is really kind of confusing and silly <laughs> well it's a little bit joker I mean, right? but his introduction you mentioned this before yeah yeah that's really great yeah <laughs> yeah it is uh theme song great Time.
0: okay <laughs> all right yeah i mean good all right your turn all right uh, are you timing yeah timing. okay Go. um trumbo uh not dumbo trumbo Right. Um do you know anything about the screenwriter Dalton Trumbo? Yeah. Well, he, he wrote Spartacus. Um but, but that was, was also, after he was blacklisted. Yeah, this is mostly about that. Um he it's interesting to see in this movie cuz Brian Cranston plays uh Dalton Trumbo and he's like a rich communist and it's it's kind of <laughs> interesting cuz there's a scene where uh like Lucy Lucy K plays this other communist writer. And he basically goes up to Brian Cranston at one point, and he's like, "How can you really be a communist? You have a lake." And he's like, <laughs> "I'm a communist that will have influence. I will find ways to do things." And and it, it's it's interesting look at him because he's it's like about a guy who will often be the smartest guy in the room. And that will sometimes be very good, and other times, other people will say, "Just shut up." <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very entertaining movie. Um, I mean, it's not great. It's more of like it's like a fun, great movie, but it's not a great film. I feel like this is going to get a lot of Oscar
1: attention because uh, the, it, it might well because Brian it's Cranston going to be Ryan Cranston, and it's a movie about movies, right? Yeah, uh, in a way, it's not very writer. deep. It's not
0: like the artist was a little bit more of a deeper look at sort of the movie world. Um, there are a lot of fun things in it, though. Like You remember in Ed Wood how they have the whole movie studio that Ed Wood first goes to to make Glenn or Glenda? Yeah. And the guy working there is like, I make crap. John Goodman <laughs> kind of plays that guy in this movie. Uh, and there are a couple of scenes where he just uh, he takes over the movie in the best possible way. Great cast all around. Um, I mean, there are a couple of things where actors play real-life people and it's really caricaturish. Uh, most especially in the third act you have otto preminger and kirk douglas and the actors (laughs) who play them are just i don't know (laughs) but it's all right it's all
1: right time
0: all right and uh
1: all right this one will be my last one i didn't do too much movie watching oh man this i'm gonna have so much fun talking no i won't okay and go all right i watched uh, avengers age of ultron first Uh, time i've seen it since i saw it in the theaters actually Okay, so seeing it again,
0: uh, any different thoughts on it? Because I haven't My big it. thought
1: about this is that the script really feels rushed. Oh, really? Yeah. I, it's... Do you think
0: maybe it would have been better if they had given like another like, 10, 20 minutes to the runtime or
1: something? No, I don't think this has anything to do with the movie uh, itself. It's just I, they should have given more time before shooting. To really nail down that script, because I there I are feel lots like of there
0: are a lot of parts that are there.
1: There are parts that are there, but those are just parts. It's I mean, not the stuff that connects you? those parts. I mean, is, it's sometimes vague, and you sometimes people sometimes make logical leaps. And I, I really don't believe that ro- that that relationship between Banner and uh, Natasha Romanoff and the Black Widow. I mean, and mm. I'm like, where did this come from? Uh, but it seems like this was something that was. Re- that if they had given this script a few more passes, if they had taken their time to do it, hmm. then yeah, they would have, I, they would I have feel produced like, something a little more, well, be- a little better. I will say that I do feel like that
0: maybe Marvel might have interfered a bit with Joss Whedon a bit too much. I mean, that's sort of some of the scuttlebutt I heard behind the scenes that he still held it together. He didn't quit or anything. No, but, like, but, that's, I, but that's kind of why he's I not still doing feel it like anymore. Yeah. I still feel like the one that like, one of the reasons why I'll still say that, ultimately, as much fun as I had with Ant-Man, I think that I still think Age of Ultron might be the better movie for me, and it's because of Ultron himself. Yeah. I think he's oh, that's the a reason great to villain. see this
1: movie. I mean, uh, James Spader's performance as Ultron is, is fan- still fantastic. He phenomenal He He is hilarious and clever. And that's another evil plan that's awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I oh, like seeing evil androids that are entertaining. So, final thoughts?
1: Oh... That's eh, fun. I it's just not as good as Time. the original. Okay, I'd agree with that. Thanks, Jack. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, boy. All, All right. right, you got to marathon it. <laughs> is that uh, is that your boss, Nass? Uh... <laughs> Be gone you know, with the movies, <laughs> Brian. Blessed. Misa Know you, How movies. Can you can you imagine Brian Blessed in the recording booth just like doing <laughs> twenty different jowl shakes? Was that the actor? Yeah, that's Brian. You know, uh, oh, I, can't, I didn't know that. Was... Wh- what's his name from um, from Flash Gordon? Oh, really? The Hawkman, main Hawkman guy. <laughs> okay, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm
0: ready. All right, go. Uh, room, not the room, just room.
1: Okay. <laughs> Not to be confused. No, no. Let's file this one under terrible <laughs> titles.
0: Uh, maybe not the best title. Well, it's based on a best-selling book. You might have heard of it uh, by Emma Donahue. Maybe that's her name. It's all about this um, this young woman who, as a teenager, she gets kidnapped by this guy and basically held in this like sh- shack for like years and years. She gets knocked up by and the they guy. And
1: they couldn't call it The Shack because that's also another book movie. No,
0: but the reason, no, they, they call it Room for a different reason. Because what happens is she gets knocked up and has a kid. The movie starts when the kid is five. And it's from the kid's point of view. Huh. So it's like all he knows for his entire life is living in this room. And, you know, and basically the first He's act He's like Casper Hauser. Yeah, well, it's this woman. I didn't even think of that. Wow. See, what I thought of watching this movie, because what happens is, though, she finally is... The first act is her trying to get him mentally prepared to escape. And she she, she crafts this plan to try to get the kidnapper to get to get him out of the room. And to then to try to get help. And then the rest of the movie... This isn't a spoiler warning, because eventually, if you watch the trailer, you see they do get out. But um, what happens is, you're watching it. It's all from the kid's point of view. And I, I love this movie so much. This... Might be one of my top two or three favorite movies I've seen all year huh. because of the point of view. Because it's from this kid's point of view, it almost has that feeling like the way I would describe it, and this is the weirdest thing it's like E.T. with a bit of old boy. Huh. You know, like, because an old boy, it's like he's in this room, he doesn't know why he's there. You feel that claustrophobia where he's going nuts. Yeah. But here, it's about like this mother and his her daughter and his son. And they, you see how when he and the mother get out, she deals with her own ways. Great performances. Go see it. Time. Ah. Sleeper of the year. Okay, let's go on. All right, go. By the Sea. Um, By this, the Sea. This is already out of the theaters. This is the uh, vanity project for Angelina Jolie, oh, which no. starred her and Brad Pitt. Actually, this is the first movie where... She calls herself Angelina Jolie-Pitt.
1: Why? I don't know. Everybody knows her as Angelina
0: Jolie. That that
1: does sound better than Angelina Pitt. No, but why not just call yourself Angelina Jolie?
0: You have to Uh, have that hyphenated name. You call yourself what you want to call yourself. Well, here's the point. It's like Tarsim. The point is, this movie is pretty dull. Um, I tried to go in it with an open mind. I had heard nothing but absolutely awful reviews of this movie. Because it's all about... Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt they're uh, I I forget their names screw that. They go to this like hotel in France by the sea. That's why it's called that. And he's an alcoholic writer and she's a depressive and that's the movie. Oh, actually one, one interesting thing that is kind of interesting. This married couple, this young married couple comes and like stays in the hotel room next to them. And then uh, Angelina Jolie <laughs> it's discovers Leonardo
1: DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. No, well, <laughs> oh, I did. Think that, I did
0: think of that for a moment watching this movie, but no, she discovers that there's a little peephole like under her desk that goes in the other room, hmm. and so the way there is a constant thing of voyeurism that is practiced in the movie, and that is interesting. I wish they had done more with that, but ultimately, it's all about Angelina Jolie licking her own ass and you know <laughs> being. Oh, I don't know how else to say it. She's you know i'm gonna get a film crew together and get millions of dollars just to watch me and my husband do an acting exercise well i mean uh, and her, it was like her, when I...
1: her film before that was um what unbroken was unbroken and Which that was, you said also, was pretty standard
0: that was also well, that was also kind of lame but this i wanted to go with it because i do think Jolie and pitt are good actors but
1: nothing's really here time all right let's keep up all right next one go shy all right, I don't Dino know what this is. D- okay.
0: Um this is the latest Spike Lee joint. Um, okay. it's Oh, f- I've heard of that it's guy. It's the first you've heard of that. I'm glad you did. Um <laughs> we've already talked about him before. Um I'm like on the last podcast. Um this is his latest movie. It's the the main the focus is on Chicago at the moment because the, uh, right now uh, this is the this is the statistic the movie puts up and I think it's accurate. More people have been killed in Chicago in the past like ten or fifteen years than in all of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Like apparently it's that bad. Well, yeah, like, but as those people were violence. killed by Americans. So, so Spike Lee decides with this movie, okay, I'm gonna take a play by uh, I think it's Aristophanes. It's called Lysistrata. Does that sound familiar? Lysistrata. Lysistrata. And I don't know if you know what that was about, but that was about how all these women get together. And form a sex strike. Yeah. To
1: try to stop the uh, one of the, the great plays in Western cult in Western history.
0: Yeah. Um, now, does that translate in one of the great films of Western culture? Nope. No. This movie is nuts. This is Spike Lee in crazy mode. Um, but it's so entertaining. This is a movie with Sp- Samuel Jackson playing a character named Dolomites, like Dolomite. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes on screen and breaks the fourth wall and raps to the audience. Actually, most of this movie is done in verse or it's done like with people rhyming
1: and it's you know, so hard. This odd. doesn't sound terrible to me. How does it go wrong?
0: Oh, well, well because it's all over the place. This movie is nuts. It's I wish I had more time to talk about this, but it's um it's like uh, the, the set, it tries to do satire but it's too broad and it's too whacked out it tries to also be dramatic there are times where the movie stops to sermonize and oh i wish i had more time to talk time. about this um that's another one of those movies if you want to read more about it uh i have a review on imdb just go to the chirac page and check the comments
1: and Also, check Jack and I and my blog, Lines from Linus, which that's not a blog yet, (laughs) which it's, it's, it's a blog. If you want to do it, start that blog. Lines from Linus, where every day we (laughs) type up a new line from Linus, the cleanest character. If we're going to do that, we really need to commit to it. Oh yeah. We've been talking about that now the past few shows. If we're going to do it, we'll. So read Jack's reviews, check out Lines from Linus. You won't be sorry. All right. (laughs) All right. I'm going to make a note of that, but let's keep going. Go.
0: Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. Oh, this is a trauma film. Okay, so you know that. Um, Yeah, um, what can be said about this? Uh, uh, A New York City police officer um, somehow like comes into contact with the worms of a Kabuki Man, and he becomes I don't. It's like a weird. All right, all right. Thing. Let's not dwell too much right. on the, uh, the, point on is, the details. The point is, it's a trauma movie from their early period, or yeah. not early period, but it's right after Tro- Toxic Avenger. Um, it's it's entertaining stuff. It's it's kind of goofy. It's kind of stupid. You get, uh, um, I, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of some things that happen. In now, the movie. is
1: this is this film funny?
0: Some of it is. A few parts. I mean some of it's very odd it's like the whole the villain of the movie is this guy who r- works in like he's a super tycoon business guy and it's all building up to he's going to become like this giant tiger panther monster thing like i forget exactly what it is now <laughs> but it involves a very convoluted scheme but it's uh, but that's part of the fun of it because the movie all pay off that in stupid. the end yeah um and uh oh and the the, the guy because the thing is this guy who's a new york city cop he's a kind of a flat foot dummy and but he has like this asian woman who's like this attractive young asian woman who's his mentor and right. um he does she does things like he she puts him upside down and makes him like put pieces of rice into different piles <laughs> I don't know, the goofy things like that. No
1: one will be seated during the
0: rice piling scene. There are a lot of fun visual effects here, uh, all practical. Um, And I wish I'd have more to say about it. It's not like uh, Poultry Geist. (laughs) You're
1: like, with the the other movies, you're like, oh, I wish I had more time to talk about it. But then with Sergeant Kabuki Man, you're like, I wish I had more to say about
0: this. I It's not the most memorable movie on the planet. It's a trauma movie. Sergeant Can I just say a side note? I know All right. time ran out. What? Give me this, your side note. This whole movie kind of got started because um, in one of the Toxic Avenger sequels, there's this character at one scene named Kabuki Boy. And I forget why he was in there, but I hadn't seen the movie. But, like, Lloyd Kaufman joked on set, and he was like, ah, maybe next we'll have uh, Kabuki Man. And apparently some Japanese investor's ear perked up and actually invested him, actually approached him and said, all right, I want to do a Kabuki Man movie, and we'll have, like, action figures and stuff like that. (laughs) Like, apparently this was at the height of, like, Ninja Turtles, so I think they wanted to try to get action figures and have like a Kabuki Man
1: line. That didn't happen. Maybe the story of how Sergeant Kabuki Man got made is oh, much, yeah. a much better oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Is it was a is. much better movie yeah. than the actual
0: movie. Yeah, because I read uh, Lloyd Kaufman. He had a book called uh, All I Learned from Filmmaking. I Learned from The Toxic Avenger. And he has a whole chapter about Kabuki Man. And it was uh, kind of interesting.
1: All right. All right. So let's keep going. Next.
0: Go. Um, the Help um i showed this to uh one of my classes i had never seen it before so i was kind of taking a gamble
1: i've never seen this either
0: yeah it's it's a good movie to show to a class uh because it it engages enough um i would compare this in a way to my experience seeing the king's speech where i recognize it is kind of an oscar bait movie Mm. but um but it has entertaining performances. The acting is all pretty solid. Probably the weakest one like cuz basically what happens in this movie this young reporter in Mississippi decides all right, I want to try to do a clandestine book, you know, interviewing all these black maids, which I'm not supposed to do cuz it's Mississippi, it's dangerous and so on. Um but know. she does it and you know little by little she gets more and more maids to contribute to her book uh Bryce Dallas Howard plays basically like the most racist uh white woman monster ever (laughs) but it's a total caricature and I felt bad for her because she was trying but she wasn't given enough to do um Jessica Chastain does a lot better because she plays uh this like kind of bubble-headed blonde like housewife who is just kind of dumb but she's really good-hearted and so that made it kind of interesting um yeah it's almost like the the movie ends it also has a good emotional core because viola davis plays the uh uh the 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 maid who kind of gets things really going with emma stone's character Mm -hmm. um and starts sort of giving her confessions for this book um and of course it's interesting too because all these women are giving these confessions but they have to keep all the names out and places different and yet when the book comes out it's all like oh wait no this is definitely jackson (laughs) you know you ain't kidding um The ending was actually a bit of a gut punch, too. I actually felt pretty sad by the end, but I would show it to young people. There's also a very outrageous moment involving something I won't say because my time is up. All All right, right. I have just a few more movies, but let's keep going. Go. Listen to me, Marlon. I don't know if you can hear what I just said. (laughs) Listen to me, Marlon. I know it's a weird title, isn't it? Yeah. It's, It's a documentary about Marlon Brando. Um,. What they did was this director had access to literally 198 hours of audio tape because Brando, you know, he was this guy who mostly stayed in his house when he wasn't, like, playing Dr. Moreau in, like, uh, a muumu, yeah. um, But he would just record stuff.
1: He actually... He, he was he, a pre-podcast podcaster. Yeah, only... If, if Brando had only had his own podcast, maybe yeah. he would have gotten his life together. Yeah,
0: maybe. Um, yeah, it was, like, a variety of things that this director had to work with. He had uh, Brando actually having script notes. Like, people thought he just showed up and just kind of farted on camera uh, because he's Brando. (laughs) Um, But he did, like, actually do work and stuff on some of the roles. Apocalypse Now is one of them, which we'll talk about later. Um, He also had tapes where he... It was, like, self-hypnosis tapes where he would talk into uh, a mic and say things like... You love hot chocolate and ice cream and you love uh, Mil- all these things. I guess that he would listen back to himself to make himself like hypnotized. Mm, um, I believe it. Yeah. You get a full picture of Brando's career. Um, you know, it, the, there are a couple of things that don't work. The music is a little bit overbearing at times. It's like you have like these dr- like moments where Brando's talking a little dramatically and you hear the strings playing like... Yeah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, stop. Um, But, of course, there's a lot of interesting parts because Brando was somebody who, um, he kind of was a self-hating legend because he kind of didn't like his profession at times, even though he did it. And he tried to do it the best he could, but he thought acting was... And he was was awesome
1: at it. Yeah,
0: but he thought it was frivolous. Time. And it made me thinking, this isn't about the movie, but he actually has a line in the movie where he says, like, I was never in a great movie. There are no great movies. He basically so, says, like, movies are not art. That sounds pompous. <laughs> That's that. Well, I don't know if it's pompous or just like he felt defeated by life in some way, which is so weird because you're borrowing Brando. Yeah. You have everything in your life. Um, That wasn't about right. it, the movie. That was just a philosophical thing. All a, right. A few more things. Let's All move right. On. Go. The latest from David Cronenberg Maps to the Stars. Huh. You had heard of this? It kind no. of came and went from theaters, unfortunately, which is crazy. Because it has some big names. It has Julianne Moore, right? Uh, Mia Wasikowska, John Cusack, and uh, Robert Pattinson, who is actually not bad. Wow, for once, George has like an open face over there. It's like <laughs> I told him that Santa Claus doesn't exist. Um, but no, it's <laughs> no. You know what it is? They don't give him like a main actor role. He's like he plays like this chauffeur who's trying to be an actor. But they actually, his <laughs> acting is surprisingly subtle. He actually is not
1: bad here. I was wow. surprised. Yeah. Um, what well, this movie would have known? Yeah. That the finally secret unlocking Robert Pattinson's career was <laughs> limiting his exposure to cameras. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing was too, he had been in Cronenberg's Cosmopolis, and I thought he was terrible in that movie. But somehow things must have changed from. But that was a terrible movie all around. With um, this movie, this is a very savage satire on Hollywood. It's, it follows this, these various characters who are uh, either trying to act in movies. Like Julianne Moore is this aging actress who, even though she's Julianne Moore, she's beautiful. She can't seem to get this one role that she really wants, and it's causing her to mentally break down. Kind of John Cusack is this like online this this television preacher guy who has all these weird theories and conspiracy things Mia Wasikowska is his daughter who is like a burn victim but there's other things going on with that Um, there's a lot of really odd moments in this movie Uh, I would say it's kind of like David Cronenberg's Mulholland Drive Um, but it's not that good Uh, (laughs) but it's still it's still a pretty good movie though like it's not one of his best but I felt like after Cosmopolis this was kind of a return to form alright yeah okay let's keep going go uh kumiko the treasure hunter um I, I i basically got interested in this movie because uh just for the simple fact on the dvd cover Werner herzog had a quote saying this is a wonderful brilliant movie
1: which could this mean is a wonderful brilliant movie
0: yeah pretty much thanks good invitation um here's the concept and this is one of the best concepts that i would heard in years this young japanese woman who's kind of she doesn't really have much in her life she's kind of by herself she finds a copy of Fargo and she watches it and really thinks it's based on a true story. Like it's for real. So she's obsessed with the scene where Steve Buscemi hides the money in the snow and decides I'm a I'm like a Spanish conquistador. I'm going to go from my home in Tokyo and go to Fargo and find that spot where he hid the money and get it for myself.
1: A hint, it's under the snow. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, of course, you know, even when someone tries to tell her at one point, you know, this, this movie's not based on a true story. She's just like, I no, I, I, I'm going to go find it. Um, the actress is played by Rinko Kikuchi. I might be mispronouncing her name. She was in uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, great. Yeah, and she's excellent here. I mean, she has to kind of command the screen. Um it wasn't quite the the style I was expecting. It's not like an exuberant fun movie. It's really low-key in some respects. Um, you know, because this woman is kind of all alone. All she has is, like, her pet rabbit. Um, and uh, And she basically goes through Minnesota, and she doesn't really speak English well. And there's some little funny moments, but... It's almost better as like this kind of sad, dramatic story where you almost want her to find the money because mm. <laughs> it gets to the point where oh no oh come on I hope you find and I'm not gonna say what happens but it was satisfying. She gets fed into a wood chipper. <laughs> oh, you beast! Is that time? Yeah, time. All right. All right. I have one last movie. All right. Before we get into our next little mini segment. All right. All right. Ready? Set? Go. Alien in, uh, from L.A. this sounds awful well, this is interesting because I didn't know this until I went online after watching the movie this is like, uh, this might be one of the first times I watched a movie uh, that was on Mystery Science Theater before watching the Mystery Science Theater version, this comes from (laughs) mega-auteur Albert Pune who made the 1990 Captain America movie oh
1: no (laughs)
0: You know the one where he steals the kid's bike and runs away? The one with <laughs> J.D.
1: Salinger's son?
0: <laughs> yeah. Wait, that was his son, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I still need to watch that movie. I've just seen. I use don't of it. need to see that at all. Okay. Well, you don't need to see this either because this movie's terrible. Um, <laughs> this movie's crap. This has this actress named. Uh, what was the. What the hell? Oh, Kathy Ireland, who I guess has been in movies here and there over yeah. the years. Yeah. Um, the problem with this movie, in one large part, is that she is supposed. To, she's this five foot ten, like modelly blonde, who is supposed to play like a nerdy girl. Who, in the very first scene, gets dumped by her boyfriend because you don't like to go anywhere and things like go to the Grand Canyon or Yosemite National Park. These are names thrown out there in the first scene, um, <laughs> and she's given. <laughs> she has to direct. She has to give this voice where. I have this high nerdy voice like Betty Booper. I, I was trying to do a bad voice there, but she's like, she has to do this annoying squeaky voice. And the thing is the tiles misleading. Cause if you see the poster, you think, Oh, this woman's a hot alien. No, she goes d- down into like the subterranean world. And like, she falls down into what is supposed what? to be a bottomless pit. And the the production design looks like it was the inspiration for the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> oh
1: god, it was so bad. Oh man. <laughs> so, all right, time. Oh uh, boy. Sorry um, to make you relive that, Jack.
0: No, it's okay. I just uh I just saw it the other the other day, so it's all right. Um if you want to check out any of these movies though, uh help yourself. Um and um you want to take a quick break before we go into my uh, next before mini we do segment? go into
1: the break. Remember uh, our last episode? We talked about the Mystery Science Theater Kickstarter. Uh, and guess what, folks? They made it success, Yay! and they made it many times over too. What? They're going to make fourteen episodes. In yeah, the new that's season.
0: crazy. Well, it was supposed to be thirteen, right?
1: Well, they were going to do. They were shooting for twelve, five point five million, mm-hmm. and then, then it's they two said, specials. and then they said, "All right, we're gonna if you if we go to this amount, then we'll uh, make a Christmas episode." But then they made even more than that, so they're adding like a fourteenth episode, which is going to be God knows what. But okay, and since we talked on our last
0: podcast about this, there have been all sorts of interesting little tidbits of not tidbits, actual announcements. Patton Oswalt is going to be on the show. Felicia Day and. Dan Harmon is going to be writing some episodes. Or actually, yeah. I think him and I don't know Justin the, Roiland. The, well, is it the guy who, they, they write um, Rick and Morty? Yeah, that's that's him. Yeah, so that team is going to be writing uh, MST3K. Well, one of the big
1: writers, uh, Paul Paul Chapin, Chapin Chaplin. I don't know who that is he he was he was on the show uh, which uh, before and yeah. he played a few characters and like sketches and so
0: things. in a way this this is kind of like. It's weird that the Force Awakens is coming out because I feel like it's now like the MST3K Force Awakens version. You know what else
1: is coming back? What Samurai Jack is coming back. That's true. I this is this is like the the 2016 is going to be just the return of everything, I guess. Which you know it'll be great in some respects. If Clone and then High comes back. Have, then we know this is a sign of the end times. Nah,
0: that's not. Uh, Lord and Miller have. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to go back to Clone High no, unless their career
1: is completely bottom out. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> all right. right. Let's take a <laughs> Let's quick take break, a break, and
0: then we'll return with a discussion about only the biggest movies of all time before the next biggest movie comes out. Stay tuned.
1: All right. Uh, yeah, man. This is a weird year for things coming back. Yeah. yeah. I never liked the Clone High. You did like Clone High? Or- <laughs> Okay, I didn't catch it until my my roommate told me about it. It's pretty damn funny, and Lord yeah,
0: Lord and Miller do that.